This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Jean Ann Larson, Chief Leadership Development Officer at UAB Medicine. Jean Ann, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I'm really excited for our discussion because I know leadership is such an important aspect of any organization, but especially for hospitals and health systems right now, given the challenging times that we've just been through and then some of the rough waters still ahead. Um, leading an organization is, is truly, truly important to have the right qualities and building the right pipelines. So I'm excited for our discussion. But before we dive in, can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself and your background? Absolutely. Uh, Thank you, Laura. As you've mentioned, I'm the Chief Leadership Development Officer for the UAB Health System. I also have a dual appointment as a Senior uh, Associate Dean for Leadership Development in the Hearsing School of Medicine. And this really came about because the CEO of the Health System and the Dean of the School of Medicine at the time when I was recruited, they identified and they were quite visionary in identifying for academic medicine for UAB medicine to continue with sustainable success, that we really needed to focus some time, effort, and resources on making sure that our senior executives and senior leaders across those entities were successful, Um, was truly envisioned by them. And um, been here about seven years, and that vision has continued forward. In fact, next week um, at the Becker's conference, we will be, you know, talking about one of the signature programs that we put together that came out of that vision. Um, Prior to coming to UAB, I had my own um, boutique leadership development consulting business in Dallas. I've also been a VP of patient safety and quality for a health system, as well as um, I was the founding chief leadership or chief learning officer, excuse me, for Beaumont Health in the Southeast Michigan area. And prior to that, I was Um, also an executive as well. So it gives me a good background with respect to working with these senior leaders and and helping them be as help, helping them be as successful as possible. So that's, yeah, that's probably enough about my background from now, unless you have some additional questions. Yeah, no, definitely. That's fascinating, you know, to think through all the different experiences that you've had. And I can imagine each one built on the last in order to really give you a great framework for how to connect with leaders and, you know, think through what is going to be really important for the future. So, you know, what are some of the biggest issues that you're following in healthcare right now? And especially thinking about, you know, where we're at today with a lot of hospitals and health systems, certain challenges, whether it's workforce or financials and in how are you preparing for the future? Yes, no, great, great question, Laura. And I mean, my simple or simplistic answer, and you can understand from my background, kind of where my bias would be. We have many issues, but in my sense, it's all about leadership. And there are issues that we can certainly resolve. And specifically, some of those issues are really employee engagement and employee burnout. And again, leaders have things that they can bring to the table to help with that. But in addition to that is leadership burnout. So how do we you know, take care of ourselves as leaders? How do we take care of the leaders that report to us? And then how do we you know, put ourselves in a space where we can engage our employees? Because it's all about stabilizing the workplace. Um, you, know, you don't have to read too many issues of the Becker's newsletters to see we have a, it's almost like there's the, the tale of two cities. We have some organizations that are going through layoffs. We have others that, you know, have in incredible amounts of openings and key positions. So how do we stabilize that workforce without burning ourselves out um, while creating a place where, you know, people can come and do their very best work, whatever that work happens to be for the health system. 
So that to me is a, a concern that I have. And frankly, what I and my team, you know, work diligently to try to do, how can we help those leaders create that space for themselves and the people that they work with? Got it. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's really helpful to think about having that space and the ability to, you know, make sure that you're charged and know what you need to do in order to support the rest of the organization and leaders on the team. And, you know, especially right now, as you're talking about a lot of burnout um, amongst team members and, and um, something that, you know, definitely is affecting all organizations, what can leaders really do to, to make sure they're supporting um, the people on the front lines and, and um, how can they develop programs and really communicate what options and, and uh, services and benefits are available for their team so that, you know, it's really effectively uh, uplifting the culture and shaping how people are thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. No, this is a, this is a great question. And my answer may be a little bit counterintuitive But when we work with senior leaders to help them with their teams or to help them develop their own, you know, leadership abilities, the first place we suggest that people start is with themselves. Um, You know, it's, it's truly leadership development is personal development. You know, where are you coming from? What are you dealing with? Are you taking care of yourself? Do you know who you are? Do you have ways to, um, you know, kind of step back and, and kind of really you know, take care of yourself, basically, make sure that you're not burning out, that you're not getting frustrated. Because I often say to people, you know, on those days where I'm not at my best, um, you can throw out any kind of challenge, any kind of leadership um, competency or skill set. And frankly, it's going to be very difficult for us to be good at it. (laughs) You know, take conflict management, you know, obviously, if I'm working on no sleep, if I'm frustrated, I've worked too many shifts, I feel ill, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm having issues at home. I'm not going to be really good when it comes to addressing conflict, when it comes to addressing change. So it's kind of like first take care of themselves. And a lot of times it's interesting people in healthcare, because there's so much, they come from a background and a belief system where they give and they serve. It's like, do not feel, do not feel guilty about taking care of yourself. You know, first take care of yourself, take care of others um, and really understand that you can help others better. You know, if you're in a good place yourself, not to mention it also sets a role model. Um, you know, because it's one thing for us to tell our employees or our colleagues and teammates, oh, yes, you know, we need to take vacation, we need to do this, we need to do that, and then we never do it. So um, I think those are two really, really important things for, for us to do. And then we can start to address, you know, other issues that come up or more specific issues. Got it. That makes sense. Thank you so much for going through that. Fascinating. And and as you said, really important to have that mindset for leaders to take care of themselves and um, fill their own buckets as well. Now, what are you most excited about right now and what makes you nervous? What makes me excited and nervous? It's a little bit of the same, but the most exciting thing, and it's not particularly new, but I know as we've begun to come back over the last year or so, most of our sessions are live and we're working with leaders face-to-face we have some amazing folks that work at UAB and I don't think we're unique, but it's just, I'm reminded at their dedication, their commitment to what they're doing, their commitment to wanting to get better, their commitment to doing the right things. I'm always excited to be able to work with these individuals, hopefully serve, hopefully help them as they move forward. They're not, none of them, what I say, you know, none of it's about remediation. It's literally about helping them get even better. That excites me. Um, the nervousness, too, in, in, in working with them, too, as they create their own pipelines, is the nervousness. Is we need to 
retain these folks. <laughs> so it makes me nervous. They, you know, they have options um, and people are really rethinking, you know, what their options are. Again, this is not new. It's been happening over the last year, two years, but it's like making sure that, you know, as they're reevaluating where they're at, that we're creating that space where they're excited to stay part of UAB. They're excited to continue to do what they're doing. They're excited to continue to, to learn and grow. And again, it's, you know, again, it's about stabilization, um, you know, and supporting our employees and really helping, helping them develop and, and feel like they're part of something bigger because they are. Um, I often think sometimes when I talk to an, a, a leader or an employee who is frustrated, it's like, oh my gosh, if you can only see yourself as I'm observing what you're doing and how you're contributing, <laughs> you, would you would understand how amazing you are. Um, and sometimes we forget that. Um, I spend a lot of time too telling people when I'm working with them in, in workshops or one-on-one, -on -one, you know, grant yourself grace. You've had a couple of really bad, tough years that it's amazing that, you know, we've gotten through it. So it's not being so hard on ourselves. So that, I guess that kind of answers the nervous and the excitement at the same time. Absolutely. You know, it makes a lot of sense. And I can imagine a lot of the, our listeners to this podcast, this is really resonating with them because they have been leaders and they have taken on a lot, whether it's from the organizational side or some of the emotional burden of working with their teams and trying to figure out what is really you know needed and what can be impactful for the patients and the caregivers who are on the front lines every single day. Yeah. When you're absolutely, when you're working with leaders and, and trying to make sure that they are you know, taking care of themselves and getting what they need in order to be uh, successful in putting themselves in the great position to, you know, think about what the organization uh, can do and, and be in the future. You know, has there been anything that's been surprising to you or any, I guess, tendencies that you would caution leaders from, uh, from against just to make sure that, you know, um, they're really putting themselves in their best place to succeed? Yeah, I'm trying to think about surprising, but but some observations that have come up, um, and I, I don't know that's surprising, but it's it's become more apparent to me recently. Is um, it's just really for leaders to have again grant themselves grace and have some faith in themselves. Um, it's easy for many of us, you know, to second guess ourselves, or could I've done that differently, or you know, do I want to, you know, am I, do I dare show a little bit of vulnerability? I mean, it's just, you know, we're coming out of a time of probably great fear. So it's just, that's coming, coming up quite a bit. And you can probably tell, or everybody can tell from my earlier answers, I'm a bit of a cheerleader, but it, it's part of my job. It's where I'm at in my career. I've been in these different leadership roles. I've, you know, in addition to the academic training for what I do, but it's really helping kind of reframe you know, how people see themselves, how they see their vision, their values, and how it relates to how they show up as a leader. So again, I don't know if it's surprising, but, um, you know, definitely something that I see coming up. And again, anybody, you know, who's listening, you're probably very, very hard on yourself, <laughs> more hard on yourself than you need to be. Um, so I think that's, that that's would be a partial answer, I think, to your question. Got it. That's really helpful to know and, and definitely great insights. Now, before I wrap up our conversation, I want to look ahead. Obviously, the healthcare industry is evolving quickly, um, and a lot of the circumstances around healthcare are, are changing as well. What do you think the most effective healthcare leaders will need to be successful over the next two to three years? What skills or, uh, I guess, uh, resources will they need around them to make sure that they can build the organizations that are going to be prepared for where the future of healthcare is headed? Uh, great, great question, Lauren. I'll try to come at it from a slightly different direction, so I'm not totally 
a broken record. <laughs> but when when people often will ask me, so Jeanne, you know, what is the one skill set that you would recommend I develop as a leader? My answer fairly consistently, and it's a it's a simple thing, but it's not easy is I tell them, you need to do everything you can to develop your emotional intelligence. It sounds like a toss-off answer, but very specifically, two aspects of emotional intelligence, not that the rest isn't good, but really the self-awareness and the self-regulation. And self-awareness is more, you know, obviously understanding your own emotions, you know, kind of what's triggering you, what's going on, but also part of that self-awareness is what strengths and what unique things do you do you bring to the table as a leader? I tell people there's no particular phenotype of what a leader needs to look like. We just, each of us need to figure out what is my best self as a leader? What are my values? What are my strengths? So I show up as that leader. And it's a much more inclusive model of leadership than thinking there's some, you know, perfect thing out there. So I think that's key. And with respect to the skill sets that gives you the, the foundation of emotional intelligence allows you to personally deal with change. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy change. Obviously, why would it be any different than it's been before? So that ability to have that self-awareness, self-regulation, flexibility, you know, be able to handle the fire hose of change that's coming at you. I think that will be critical. Um, It allows us to be creative. It allows us to really think about, you know, what are some options? Because sometimes what can happen to us as humans, when so much is coming at us, we almost shut down it's like, that's enough. I can't deal with it anymore. I'm done. And that's probably okay, maybe at the end of the day from time to time. But again, with a little bit of emotional intelligence, it really helps build that change muscle, if you will, as well as keeping you resilient when all that's going on. So those would be, again, I sound a little bit like a broken record, but uh, I think it's just critical uh, to getting through, you know, just the ongoing changes in healthcare. And I'm excited and I'm optimistic because I was Yesterday, spending time in a a speed mentoring session with up and coming young leaders, and I was just amazed at these young people, the courses of their careers, the different trajectories, the fact that they were able to pivot and do something totally different. They're so young and all they had accomplished. Um, So I also, I think we're, we're fortunate to some extent, a lot of people worry about the future generations. Every time I interact with those generations, I feel more optimistic. And somehow they got the memo. (laughs) They have figured out, you know, how to be emotional intelligent and how to be resilient and how to deal with change, perhaps more so than than folks, you know, in later generations or my generation. So um, again, it's, it's about emotional intelligence, I guess is the short answer. That's amazing to hear and definitely inspiring to know that, you know, we're in good hands going forward. And and yeah. I love that um, idea that you put forth in terms of being able to, you know, personally deal with change, as well as think about all the options and, and build that change muscle and re- resilience through that emotional intelligence. Gina, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun conversation. and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. All right. Well, thank you very much, Laura. I've enjoyed it.